Hey folks, and welcome back. I'm Eric Sunset, your host of the Doc Buddy Journal. This is episode 46, and it is our last episode of 2023. We're going to be spending next week to relax and recharge and be prepared to hit the ground running in 2024 with a very exciting slate of guests that are going to be joining the Doc Buddy Journal. We had a great run of guests in the uh, the lead up to this episode too. So if you haven't heard from folks like Dr. Amanda Brisebois or David Howerton, listen to this episode and then go back to the well. If you have any holiday travel, what better time to catch up on the Doc Buddy Journal if you're on a plane or in an airport or in the car. So with that said, I've got a solo show for you today and we're going to be looking at a relatively new, very new piece of reporting from Becker's Healthcare around what ASCs are worried about as 2023 comes to a close. Now, over the course of the last few months with all the guests that we've had on the Doc Buddy Journal, we've asked that question in closing to them, what is it that ASC should be planning for to end 2023 on high note and start 2024 off on the right foot? Uh, so I'm excited to compare and contrast answers here with the, uh, the folks that Becker spoke with. There's a couple of recurring themes, so let's get into it. In no particular order here, we're going to kick off with concerns around anesthesia availability, starting with a response from DJ Hill. DJ is the CEO of Compass Surgical Partners out of Raleigh. They see anesthesia as a concern that has existed all year and will continue to exist as a concern in 2024. The ASC industry will need to find new and creative ways to deal with the shortage as well as work with payers to address it as a collective. Additionally, DJ also sees inflationary trends in supplies, services, and staffing as a concern, but notes that they have been happy that their team has responded with innovative solutions. Keep that thought in mind. We're going to come back to innovative solutions. Then also on the anesthesia front as a concern for 2023 is Dr. Larry Baus, MD, he is the medical director at the Surgery Center of Kalamazoo in Michigan. And to quote, as an anesthesiologist and a medical director of an ASC, I'm acutely aware of the issues related to the shortage of anesthesia coverage. The anesthesia workforce supply issues have not spared the ASC world. At our ASC, we are concerned about meeting our caseload needs between now and the end of the year with the anesthesia coverage that is available to us. Obviously, December is generally a very busy month for elective surgeries. And yeah, anesthesia is a real problem. It's been a problem for a number of years now, and a problem in the sense of not having enough anesthesiologists or CRNAs to be able to successfully anesthetize patients for their scheduled procedure. Now, one of the things that's interesting, and we highlighted this in a prior episode of the Doc Buddy Journal, <clears throat> is that there are a number of states who are doing everything they can uh, to ease the shortage of doctor anesthesiologists that, that there just aren't enough of. And they're expanding the rights to practice to those CRNAs, nurse anesthetists, to be able to deliver anesthesia as needed. Now, that's a prudent step, obviously, but the fact remains that there is an outright shortage of both anesthesiologists and CRNAs, and that problem looks to persist into the future. Now, we've talked about this recently as well on this show, that what do you do to solve for an outright lack of physicians in general, or anesthesiologists and CRNAs specifically? Well, one of those 
one of the ways you need to address this issue is by keeping folks in practice longer, keep them from retiring earlier than sort of their scheduled or anticipation, anticipated retirement date. But then how do you grow the pipeline of folks that want to be anesthesiologists or CRNAs? That's the trickier question there, because no matter how much work ASCs as a collective do to address the shortage with payers, as DJ Hill pointed out, if you just don't have enough workforce, you just don't have enough workforce. So that's a real problem. It's something to keep an eye on as this cataclysm unfolds in slow motion in front of us that we just don't have enough people that want to be doctors anymore. And unfortunately, that's a problem where there isn't an easy button type of solution, right? Like there needs to be a, uh, a macroeconomic and sort of a macro workforce uh, lens that you're looking through to solve for this. And like Dr. Voss pointed out that December is a uh, very busy time of the year for ASCs. Dr. Ira Richterman, MD, orthopedic surgeon at Ortho United Spectrum in Canton, Ohio, shares that as we enter December, ASCs are always forced to navigate a very difficult balance of surgeon availability, ASC operating room capacity, and anesthesia coverage with the parent patient's desire to maximize healthcare benefits prior to restarting a New Year's deductible. So again, the things that are spooking the folks that replied to Becker's here are really around workforce availability. It's the holidays. Not everybody wants to be working like they normally do the rest of the year. So surgeon availability, operating room capacity, and anesthesia coverage, uh, which we've already discussed, to help people take advantage of their end-of-year benefits, it's tough. It's really tough out there. And with this glut of procedures that happen at the end of the year, I, I hear from surgery centers that they are lacking in staff like surgical techs. So they have a full schedule. They don't have the necessary coverage in a surgical tech capacity. So what do they have to do? They have to move the schedule around. They have to cancel procedures. And there's nothing worse for an ASC than canceling a procedure where you have all of your ducks in a row, but you just don't have the necessary workforce to do the procedure. So what do you do? Well, hang on to that thought as well, along with innovative solutions, because we're still not really hitting on what our guests have shared for what ASCs need to do to close out 2023 strong and get 2024 off on the right foot. Next from John Kritzer, CFO of iAssociates in Tucson, Arizona, the never ending problem, never ending story of AR. Here's his quote. This is really a perennial issue accounts receivable. More and more payers make it difficult to collect legitimate claims, stonewalling, system errors, prior authorization complications, etc. We have a lot of money tied up in accounts receivable that legitimately should be in our bank account. That really is a tale as old as time right there. I'm flashing back to my days in the pure revenue cycle management space, this is the direction payers have been going for some time. Stonewalling, system errors, you know, that would depend on what kind of system error we're talking about, but prior authorization complications and so forth. I mean, the stonewalling, you have to be prepared to work denials on, on claims that should be clean, that are clean coming out of your system, going through EDI and then hitting the payer. You know, you catch a denial on one of those clean claims, which should be, you waste time on the phone and then eventually you do get that claim paid, but it's just every hurdle that can be thrown at you is thrown at you. Do you have the gumption to work through, through those speed bumps? Sometimes yes, 
sometimes no. And then the prior authorization complications, that's painful. Uh, if you've got your ducks in a row there to catch a denial for something like prior auth when everything appears to be in order, but what are you doing when you're relying on manual processes? What are you doing when you have post-it notes stickered all around your computer monitor for your for somebody in your revenue cycle team? You know, there there is a better way there. So hopefully those aren't self-inflicted prior auth issues that John Kritzer is relaying and talking about. Changing gears over to staffing and increased prices, I guess changing gears back to staffing, but a new gear and increased prices from Julie Baker, RN, admin of the Andover, Massachusetts Surgery Center. The biggest concern for us is staffing and increased pricing on medical supplies. We're getting into our busy season where everyone wants to finish surgery before January 1st, making sure we have enough hands without blowing our budget is a hard line to tow, along with the increase in raw materials price that makes up most of the medical supplies available, we have to make sure we're constantly looking at what we did last year versus this year without overspending in areas that have increased. What a fortunate position Julie is in that they are able to blow budget on staffing. And what I mean by that is that everybody in every market has the luxury of being able to hire on demand. We, we've talked about it before classic healthcare fix, just go hire somebody and that will help our bandwidth and throughput issues. But for most of the country, and certainly don't want to put words in Julie's mouth that she can have, she has access to essentially on-demand labor. But for most of the country, that reality has long since gone, you know, in the run-up to COVID, through COVID, and then now out the other side, knock on wood, the ability to just simply make a hire, get a warm body in here to help it just doesn't exist anymore. And then with medical supplies and the increase in the price of supplies and implants and so forth, I really like that she is tracking and trending this year versus the previous year to be sure that she is not overspending in areas that have increased. For our ortho groups out there, we've got a really interesting episode with Tim, the CEO of Advantian. Go back through the catalog. He's got a solution for you there to be sure that you're not overpaying for your supplies. And now the last respondent to the Becker's survey here, Shauna Alfano, MSN and RN. She is the administrator and director of nursing of Bass Surgery Center out there in Walnut Creek, California. Shout out to my West Coast listeners out there. As we near the end of the year, I'm not necessarily thinking of things that impact the now, but more the future. By this, She's referring to, for example, what potential changes payers are making as we speak that will impact the bottom line of consumers, i.e. our patient population that will directly impact whether these folks have surgery or not. Will policy premiums, deductibles, and coinsurance amounts finally reach a point where patients simply have to choose between a fracture repair and the costs of daily living? If so, how will this impact our already hammered healthcare workforce and the viability of ASCs? That's a pretty heavy response. And I, I only mean that she, Shauna here, is looking through the implications and cutting through a lot of the clutter. The cost of healthcare is not coming down anytime soon. So when she's calling out that, will patients choose to fix a broken bone or are they going to pick to buy groceries and gas? That's a scary reality, a uh, scary reality that many you know, are dealing with day to day now. 
And then she goes on to ask, how is this going to impact our hammered healthcare workforce? We've talked about at length and the viability of ASCs. When you look at the ASC as sort of the ideal setting for straightforward procedures, and even as more and more come off that inpatient only list, you're already talking about the ideal alignment or as ideal as you can get between the patient, the provider slash facility, and the payer. So where Shauna is raising this really valid concern where you're getting low cost and high quality and effective care at the ASC versus the inflated price of the same procedure at a hospital, you know, she has got some really good foresight here wondering what's going to happen as the price of healthcare goes up in our venue of care, in our facility, the ASC, which is already very cost effective, as cost effective as you can get. Got to be thankful for groups like ASCA. Got to be thankful for groups that are your state ASC associations advocating for you and ensuring that this reality is minimized, that folks aren't choosing or having to make the choice between a broken bone fracture repair and paying for groceries. That takes a lot of lobbying. It's going to take some legislative health, help rather. But Shauna, great call out there. Would, would love to get you on the pod and, and hear some more of your perspective on this. So as we've gone through these responses from the, uh, the folks that Beckers was able to get responses from compiling these in sort of neat and tidy little buckets, the availability of anesthesia, everybody's talking about that. Surgeon availability to end the year, being able to reduce AR and staffing and increased prices and the effect of patients as healthcare consumers needing to make a choice between their daily costs, their day-to-day costs, and being able to receive care, and then contracted rate changes as well. All of these things are very tactical. They're very frontline focused. Obviously, the question asked, what are ASCs worried about as 2023 comes to a close? You know, with just a couple of weeks left when this was published, you know, they're necessarily tactical concerns. And they're concerns that all of healthcare faces really, especially that AR piece that that's essentially universal. But to go a little bit more macro and to look at this through a more strategic lens, and obviously highly effective leaders are able to balance the two, right? Tactical, what has to happen today? What do I need to do today to be successful? No matter what that is, whether you're working at a healthcare facility or you are uh, a cog in the machine of a business, you know, looking at tactics, what has to happen now versus strategy about a little broader view. What changes can I put in place so that my tactics then change strategic versus tactical, right? When we've asked our guests over the last few months about what ASCs need to be thinking about to close out this year and then looking ahead to next, one of the recurring themes, and I guess it's not so much a recurring theme as universal response was more strategic, but our guests and even myself, we've advocated that ASCs and healthcare organizations be looking at the technology they're either using or could and should be using. Now, obviously, go back and listen to these episodes for yourself to get it straight from the horse's mouth. But the reason the technology is such a, a common response, and really the most popular response, is not because technology will fix every problem at your ASC or at your practice or at your hospital. 
but it's because technology can deliver efficiency gains so that you can do more with less. The less may not be something you really want, like a lack of anesthesiologists or unavailable surgeons. Obviously, you'd rather have those fully staffed, on the shelf, ready to use when you need it. <clears throat> but the right technology can certainly help you to identify the most profitable cases so that then can those be prioritized over less profitable cases. Obviously, that's pretty cold-hearted. We're looking at medicine as a business. We're looking at medicine as a production line in a factory if you're talking only about profits and not about patient outcomes. So we don't, we don't want to lose sight of that. We don't want to be callous. We don't want to appear heartless here. But ultimately, healthcare organizations are businesses. And when we're talking about the ASC here in this podcast episode, an ambulatory surgery center is absolutely a business. And when you look at this list of concerns closing out 2023, that classic healthcare fix of just hiring employees, that isn't possible anymore. Making hires is really hard no matter where you're located. So why then would you, as that business, despite the fact that you're a healthcare facility, that you have providers, that you have patients whose outcomes you're very concerned with, why would you then, as that business, not be looking to technology to do some of the heavy lifting and automate mundane, repetitive processes? And I'm aware that it's more than a little self-serving to say, now is the time for ASCs to be evaluating technology that can genuinely help them because I work for a technology vendor. I work for DocBuddy, but it's true. And today the ASC market is technologically underserved. There is certainly technology in use. I'll be the first to tell you there's plenty of technology in use at ASCs, but it's serving baseline needs. Practice management software that handles your scheduling, your billing and your patient accounts. Hopefully, you're going a step beyond just the baseline though, and you're looking at things that can help you evaluate the profitability of cases, things that can help you evaluate the cost of implants, things that can actually streamline your operation because where you're short-staffed, maybe you're not so short-staffed with the right technology that can automate things like routine patient inquiries to the center. Think about it. Or when you look at something like accounts receivable, which everybody has to deal with, there's, there's many reasons to have inflated AR. Some of it is on the payer, like we've already discussed, the stonewalling, the unjustified denials. Some of those things are out of your control. But where can you accelerate your revenue cycle process? Maybe that means looking at a revenue cycle partner. Maybe that means augmenting additional, uh, augmenting your back office with folks that have the right technology to speed claims through to approval. Maybe that means... And here's where it gets really self-serving. Maybe that means looking at a product like DocBuddy OpNote, which helps surgeons complete their operative reports in moments after the point of care. So that claim can then be generated and delivered to the payer. Now is the time for ASCs to embrace technology, period. The entirety of healthcare has lagged behind the rest of industry for as long as technology has been in play in industry. Now is truly the time, though, with all of these pressures squeezing the ASC space, which, again, provides tremendous value to patients, provides opportunity to providers, to anesthesiologists, to all the staff at the ASC, and it ends up being a cost-effective, high-quality outcome venue of care. The ASC is so badly needed for healthcare, 
that now is the time to adapt, improvise, and overcome all of these challenges. And again, I, I want to reiterate, technology doesn't solve every single challenge at an ASC or any healthcare facility, but ASCs should be looking at technology that can help them do more with less. So on behalf of the entire DocBuddy team, we want to thank you for listening. I want to wish everybody who celebrates a Merry Christmas. If you've already celebrated a Happy Hanukkah, hope that's been blessed for you. Happy New Year. We'll be back in 2024 with a new slate of guests for the Doc Buddy Journal. We can't wait to talk to you then. We'll see you in January, folks. Take care.